3: And we are back in action, coming to you live from the greatest country in the world. Broadcasting from the tippy-top of the world-famous Fox News headquarters in New York City, it is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a man who is not beating Joe Biden in the polls. No, everyone else running for president right now is. Uh Uh-oh, I'm in trouble. And we are going to talk about why the lawfare coming out of the Department of Justice is ramping up right quick against Donald Trump, Jack Smith, and the boys. Oh, Lordy Lord, he's desperate. They are backs against the wall. If they want to stop the Trump man from getting back into office, if they want to stop any Republican from getting back into office, they are going to have to weaponize that judicial system and help Joe Biden out as quickly as they can. Tell him like it is. That's exactly what we're going to do today. 888 788 Nine nine one zero. That is the phone number for our first show back in New York, after we made it out of Texas alive against all odds. I have to tell you, the people of East Texas—I've said this before—they do know, do not know the difference between hospitality and a hazing ritual, and uh, there was a lot of alcohol purchased, not just for myself. But for my 15-year-old son. He's a lousy dad, <laughs> but he's right. But no complaints. We had a glorious time. We'll talk all about it today. Emily Campagno coming by. And James Comer is going to be here because it turns out they have the votes to launch an impeachment inquiry into Joe Biden. Come on, man. Yeah, it's going to be a big one today. Chippy Show coming your way. 888-788-788. Nine nine one zero. You know the rules. Be a Republican, be a Democrat, be a Libertarian, be an independent. You could be a member of the Whig Party. We don't care, man. All we ever ask is that you don't be a <laughs> Boom. Happy Tuesday. Thrilled to be back in action. Uh if you were in Texas over the weekend and you came out to Texas Music City, Thank you. It was awesome. It's always great to see East Texas. Uh, You guys are a home station. I've spent a lot of time around you. Paul Gleiser runs a first class operation. Lonnie at the station got Lincoln uh, another potato gun.
2: This could be a problem.
3: (laughs) It's going to be a big problem because we're going to blow up everything this holiday season. So that was epic. Uh, Everybody who waited in line three hours to meet me, that is really flattering. A young boy. I should know his name. I have it written down. I made a point to write it down. Couldn't have been more than eight years old. uh, Waited in line so he could come up to me and go, hey, girl. And I just thought it was the funniest thing in the world. Everybody there, so lovely, so wonderful. So if you are in East Texas, this bud uh, is absolutely, positively uh, dedicated to you guys. Nice clap. Nice clap. Nice clap. And then, of course, Sunday night, we went to the Cowboys game. Me, Mike, and my brother, Lincoln, uh, who wanted to be a troll, so he wore an Eagles game to AT&T Stadium. This guy's a serious ass. (laughs) He really was. Uh, But the Cowboy fans were hilarious. They happen to have a lot of Fox News fans in the crowd as well. So it was uh, very much a love-in for everybody except for my son, uh, that jackass that showed up in the Eagles jersey. Shut your mouth. Stop it. I will in a second, uh, but I would be remiss if we didn't go forward without saluting the great Jenny Fala who celebrated a birthday yesterday. (laughs) not going to tell you how old she is because that's rude, uh, but she weighs too. You are so dumb. You are really dumb. For real. Anyway, uh, here's the big news as we get on the air today. Finally, you guys got me to go to work. Congratulations. It's on the road promoting my book. A lot of TV stuff going down. It's a lot happening with the fail vision this week, but let's stay focused and do our job for a second. Uh, the new polling that's coming out uh, in terms of Trump versus Biden— and I will explain why over the course of this hour, has Jack Smith and the special counsel investigating Trump now at the Supreme Court level in an attempt to start this trial before the election. They're trying to get Trump convicted before the election, one, because that will hang additional weight over his campaign in terms of baggage, but number two, that would deny him the ability to pardon himself. So essentially, this is so brazenly political. And the reason I say that, if you understand, if you listen to the show every day, uh, you know, my party's not the Republican Party. My party is America. And we're really damaging America right now with all this weaponized lawfare against Trump. You understand we had never indicted a president in the 247-year history of the country. We've now indicted this guy 91 times. And a lot of the indictments are cheap. But getting past that, like the thing that's going on in New York is an absurdity. Trump is on trial. For inflating the value of his assets so he could borrow against them in real estate. Now, did any of the banks who lent him the money complain that he did it? The answer would be no. Did anybody miss a payment? The answer would be no. Is there any outstanding dollars owed to these banks? The answer would be no. There is no aggrieved party in this case, but the Attorney General, Leticia James, okay, she ran for office on a vow to indict Donald Trump.
0: That's not right.
3: Because it undermines faith in the justice system. You go, oh, I get it. So this is not really court. This is a political weapon, I see. But as it pertains to classified documents. So he's been indicted for classified documents. I'm going to be very upfront with you. He is not the first government official to mishandle classified documents. I'm Hillary Clinton, and I approve this message. Hillary Clinton not prosecuted for it. Okay, Donald Trump, understand, was not a secretary of state. He was a president who had declassification authority. It's not to say that every document he had in his possession was declassified, but it is to say pretty much every president has done this in some capacity, and Trump is the only one they happen to be indicting for it. Correct the mundo, And that's when you realize it's political. When it comes to the January 6th indictment, and this is the Jack Smith story we'll get into later in the hour, Jack Smith, who's now in a race against time to get Trump convicted before the election. What would the difference be? Oh, yeah, you're trying to influence the election. Everybody who warns you about interfering and undermining faith in democracy is guilty of it. That's the biggest problem facing us right now. Every single Democrat said Russia helped Trump steal the 2016 election. It was made up by these sick people. But then in 2020, when Republicans started to say, hey, this, you know. So the election's a little fugazi. I don't know if it's on the up and up. Every one of them was like, you can't question democracy. You're destroying faith in our elections. Democrats are so full of crap. Totally. But now to take it a step further, what they're indicting him for in regards to January 6th could have happened on January 7th. Could have happened on January 8th. Could have happened on January 9th. We're talking about in the year 2021. Joe Biden was sworn in, okay, on January the 20th of 2021. I don't remember that ever happening. But it did. And you understand January 6th and everything we know about January 6th was at our disposal right then and there. But they didn't indict Trump that month. They didn't indict intru- Trump that year, nor did they do it the following year. They very curiously did it this year. OK, the timing tells you everything you need to know because they're not indicting him based on new information. Yes, they're talking about things like Jack Smith's going, oh, we, you know, we've got data from his cell phones on January 6th. And that allows people to get out there and go, oh, hey, ho, this is a whole new ball game we got here. Wrong. No, it's not. There's nothing, nothing about Trump's actions you're going to learn in this trial that you didn't already know. The only thing new here is the timing. When you're indicting someone based on information we've all been sitting on for a long time, okay? It's no different than when Trump got indicted in New York because he paid off Stormy Daniels, okay? Multiple attorneys general had passed on charging Trump for that offense, okay? Multiples, okay, over the course of five years— And then all of a sudden Alvin Bragg got in, a guy who again ran on indicting Trump and indicted Trump at a federal level, even though he's a local DA, which means the charge itself won't ever go anywhere because the New York district attorney doesn't have the latitude to charge Trump in federal court. And this is when you realize that, like the Mueller probe, the process is the punishment. Trump doesn't go to jail Okay, the jail is this process. you got to be in court every day. It's exponentially harder to campaign. It strains your resources. This is what they're trying to do. Now the question becomes, why are they trying to do it, Jimbo? Well, one, they have an obviously, uh, you know, they hate the guy. They have an emotional relationship to the Trump presidency that's not healthy for them or our country. They can't fathom the idea of him being president again. Okay, they hate him with all the fiber in their being. A lot of people on the left— hate Donald Trump so they don't have to look inward at the things they hate about themselves. I agree with that. It doesn't mean Trump's the man of the year. It doesn't mean he never says the wrong thing. Okay, but understand they have such an unhealthy hatred for a guy they all hung out with until the minute he got into politics. Don't ever forget that Donald Trump was as big of a member of polite mainstream society as anybody we know. He hosted a show on NBC for 15 years. Okay, this was not like a fringe element hanging out in a shed who showed up with a MAGA hat one day and they're like, who's this upstart guy with all these uh, crazy ideas? No, no, no. You know what Trump was doing a month before he launched his campaign? He was going on TV shows like The View. The View was awful. Okay, he was going on MSNBC with Joe Scarborough every damn day just about. used to go on Howard Stern when he was the king of all media before he became the Prince Harry of all media. Okay, Trump was as prominent of a figure as we knew. Okay, and he was not considered a guy who was some fringe outlier. The Clintons went to his wedding. Okay, mainly because, let's be honest, Bill probably wanted to check out Melania. I mean, if you know. This is not okay. Gosh, you know how many times she said that to him in the car? Uh, but stick with me. Okay, the manufactured hysteria around a Trump presidency is what allows the Jack Smiths of the world, the Alvin Braggs of the world, the Letitia Jameses of the world, to feel justified in weaponizing the judicial system the way they have. In a weird way, it's no different than what they're doing up at the elite college campuses, where they're trying to create a moral equivalency between Israel and Hamas. Okay, everybody knows if you go, hey, what do you think of this group that threw a bunch of babies in ovens and killed a bunch of families, locked them inside their houses, lit them on fire? Okay, Any decent, self-respecting person would respond to that on the first try, college presidents, on the first try with that's disgusting, that's hideous, there's no place for that in this world. Okay, but what they do in trying to create a moral equivalency is they try to tell you that, oh, we understand Israel's bad too, ergo it's not— so bad in context that Hamas does what they do because their hand is kind of forced in this situation. So that is a fact check false. No, it's not. No one is saying to Hamas, hey, you got to go kill a bunch of babies. You got to parachute into a rave and kill everybody. But they justify those actions on the left by establishing a moral equivalency. It's the same thing they do when it comes to weaponizing the judicial system against Trump. They go, well, Trump's a threat to our democracy. So we've got to destroy our democracy in order to make sure he doesn't continue to threaten it. That's what they're telling you. Okay, they spent every day of his presidency saying it was illegitimate. If questioning the legitimacy of an election means you should die in prison, what are we going to do with everybody in this montage? As
0: As I've been telling candidates who have come to see me, you can run the best campaign, you can even become the nominee, and you can have the election stolen from you.
3: Do you agree that Donald Trump is, in effect, not a legitimate president?
4: I think that there's no question that the process that elected him was not legitimate. The president-elect, or although legally elected, is not legitimate. Donald Trump is an illegitimate president. I think the interference, although not yet quantified, uh, if fully investigated, would show that Trump didn't actually win the election in 2016. So do you believe President Trump is an illegitimate president? Based on what I just said, which I can't retract.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Trump knows he's an illegitimate president who got
3: illegitimate foreign help. I mean... Oh, shut up, woman. But that's Hillary Clinton. He's, Trump knows he's not an illegitimate president who got illegitimate foreign help. Okay, that's Hillary Clinton. Do you understand? We're now being told, hey, whoa, hey... Trump's going to destroy faith in our elections. We can't let this guy run for president. We've got to stick with the party that told us the last one was stolen. And then you go, yeah, Jimmy, but it was just the last one. All they did was say that 2016 was stolen. <laughs> the last three elections, the last three times the Democrats lost an election, they told you it was stolen. George Bush beats Al Gore in 2000. Oh, it's stolen out of. <laughs> George Bush beats John Kerry in a re-election. Oh, it's stolen. You believe it? (laughs) Remember that? They said Ohio was stolen. I stole Ohio. Okay, 2016, Trump wins. Oh, it's stolen. You understand the last three times the Democrats have lost a general election, they've told you it was stolen. But they want you to believe we have to weaponize our judicial system against Donald Trump because if we don't do it, You understand he's going to somehow destroy faith in our democracy like they're saying that with a straight face and they want you to believe it. They're like, no, you don't understand. It's bad. (laughs) It's clown stuff. Okay, but why is it happening? Because the polling out right now that we're going to discuss in this hour shows Trump is now beating Biden. In the two biggest swing states out there, Georgia and Michigan, by a combined 15 points. So you understand, okay? they're going after Trump not to protect our elections, but because it is high time they do something desperate to protect Biden. And I'm out here in the real world and I know what's right or wrong or
2: bullshit. It's the show that never hits the books. I
4: love the poorly educated.
2: You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Fox News Radio On Demand on the Fox News app. Download the app and just click listen. When you swipe left, you can listen to your favorite Fox News talk shows live. Swipe right for the latest Fox News Radio newscasts on demand. Fox News Radio on the Fox News app. Download it today.
1: two critical battleground states. The news is not great for President Biden and his campaign. The
0: numbers show Donald Trump leading in both Georgia and Michigan. In Georgia, a state Biden carried by a very narrow margin in 2020. Registered voters say they prefer Trump over Biden by 5%. In Michigan, which Trump won in 2016, but Biden carried in 2020, our poll now showing Trump 10 points up. Note that a full 10% of those polled in each state say that they wouldn't support either candidate. Trump's margin over Biden is significantly boosted in both states
1: by people who say they did not vote in 2020. These less engaged voters favored
0: Trump by 26 points in Georgia and 40 points in Michigan.
3: Whoa, Biden sucks. That's basically what CNN is trying to tell you. Okay, Donald Trump opening up massive leads. Over Joe Biden. You understand, in years past, the way the polls went, Trump would be losing a state by 12 points and win it. So if they have Trump up five points in Georgia, it's probably up 15. If they have Trump up 10 points in Michigan, he's probably up 20. Okay, because the polls are never there, you understand, to report opinion. They're there to shape it. They're there to say to the Trump supporter, Hey, don't even bother turning out. You're down 20 in Wisconsin. You guys ain't going to make it. And that's largely what they do is the polls are there to craft a narrative. Okay? The most accurate polling you find is Fox and it's why sometimes you'll see Trump with a lead or he'll be behind a little bit. But I'm not saying that for propaganda. I'm saying that like on behalf of my network. I'm saying that because there's a good reason why Trump is always smoking our channel on Twitter and on his own little platform is we're calling balls and strikes. If he's winning, we say he's winning. If he's losing, we say he's losing. OK, but every one of these polls understand outside of where I work are overwhelmingly sampling Democrats and independent voters because they're trying to get the preferred outcome that Biden is in the lead. The problem is they can't get that no matter who they poll. They couldn't poll Biden's family. And have Biden in the lead right now because the guy's a disaster. That's true. That is true. So when you start to see the Jack Smiths of the world, and I'm going to get you up to speed on this latest, you know, Trump indictment that they're trying to speed the plow and make it happen before the election. It's being done entirely so they can try to incapacitate Trump and they can shorten the process for Biden. Do you know how covid the covid you know, variant kept Biden off the campaign trail in the summer of 2020. They're hoping the courtroom variant can do the same thing because they can't have Biden out there campaigning day in and day out on hot mics when they never know what's going to come out of the guy's mouth. I keep forgetting I'm president. And that's why they're going after Trump is you got a guy in the Oval Office right now who doesn't know down from up. It's a mess.
2: it's the morning show that uh, overslept fox across america with jimmy Fallon.
3: there it is the high-flying death-defiant fox across america with jimmy Fallon, shamelessly pimping this book up and down the tv dial all over the radio foxnewsbooks.com foxnewsbooks.com. I was just informed by Amazon that we were number one in politics last week but by the time we launch this thing uh, we'll be number one uh, overall. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Yeah, we are a movement. We are a movement. This show is a movement and it's not led by me. It's led by every cool person in the audience who gets out there every day and is a joy to be around. That's what we're selling here because it's what we are. Uh, We don't have all the answers. We just have the anecdote to help the country, which is for everybody to just chill out. We're obviously a largely conservative audience on this show, but if you're a liberal listening, we don't consider you our enemy. In fact, we'd like you to come to happy hour so we can make fun of you a little bit. <laughs> but it doesn't mean we want to beat you up and fight you. I'm not trying to own the libs. I don't even want to rent the libs. I don't care, okay? I'm a 45-year-old man who plays video games. And dig this. I'm about to roll out a lot of stand-up events. We'll be back on the road March, April, May. But one of them went on sale today, and the reason it's being announced today is is because there's nothing I catch more hell for than the fact that I'm never doing stand-up in the Northeast. Yes, I filmed my special uh, on Long Island at the Paramount, which was outrageous, and you'll see that on Fox Nation January the 8th. But my new hour that I've been busting my ass to get written while I travel the country uh, is what I'm taking back out on the road starting in March. But dig this. On May the 18th, this is crazy to me because I think the last comic I know who was there was Chris Rock. But up in Boston at the world-famous Schubert Theater, I am going to be headlining the venue on Saturday, May the 18th.
2: Where well, we moving on now.
3: Boom, that's a big one. That's a huge one. You don't understand, guys. I started out doing stand-up in, like, opium dens on the Lower East Side. Like, I'm not even kidding. Bars that had chicken wire over the stage for the people that are throwing beer bottles at you. You know, one of the first venues I ever performed at was a strip club called Tens.
0: Hubba, hubba.
3: But that's a real thing because when Rudy Giuliani cleaned up the city, they rezoned a lot of the strip clubs. And in order for them to have a liquor license, they had to have a cabaret Uh, They had to have a cabaret license, and that meant that the establishment needed to be 50% gentlemen's club, 50% performing arts is what they called it. So the first few times I got on stage as a comic, I was standing across the stage from a stripper.
4: Oh, yes. I've read about that in the Bible.
3: But the point is, imagine trying to get an audience's attention when there's a gorgeous naked woman on the other side of the stage.
2: I love it when you talk dirty.
3: Okay, well, I had to talk real dirty, (laughs) but the point is, it's pretty demoralizing as a comic. Now imagine you get good enough at your act that people are staring at you instead of the stripper. And I can't imagine you know how hard that had to be on them. Not that it was any harder than their childhoods, obviously. But the point is, I am now playing a venue that the Schubert, that's where Chris Rock went after the Oscars. I mean, that's crazy to me. It's about a 2,000-seater. So if you're listening in the Northeast, any of the markets, all over Connecticut, all over Vermont, all over New Hampshire, all over Massachusetts— This is our night, man. Come hang out. I will meet every single last one of you, okay? It's Saturday night, May the 18th at the Schubert Theater. It's drivable for me, so I'm bringing the whole barnyard jamboree, a couple of my Fox friends, a bunch of members of my family. Like, the Schubert is high society. Like, if you look who plays there, I don't belong. (laughs) But, you know, we have a movement, and when you show up to these events, you're like, wow, everybody's cool. Everybody's cool. And that's the hook of what we do. We have found the cool niche in politics. Politics isn't cool. Usually people hate politics. Oh, you disagree? I'm going to punch you in the face. That's pretty much how politics works. Oh, the guy disagrees? I'm going to pop him in the head.
2: Never hit anyone in anger unless you're absolutely sure you can get away with
3: it. Fine. Okay, but our show isn't going to hit anything but the bar. And that's what makes it work. And if you come, you go like, oh, wow, I really belong to something. And like, if you meet me, you go like, oh, wow, this is the same guy. You can't fake that mediocrity. It's the same guy on TV that it is on the radio, same guy on the radio that it is standing here at this bar with me right now. What we're doing is real, it's unique, and the world needs it. So if you are within driving distance, if you're within flying distance, get up to the Schubert. It's Saturday night, May the 18th. It is going to be absolutely positively nuts. And uh, I will be rolling out other additional dates as the week goes on because they're starting to go on sale now. And, you know, Fox has to approve it because of TV and everything in between. Uh, But this is about to get— bonkers like I know we think it's cool now and roll over the TV and the radio and we're selling books and everything's amazing and we're selling out theaters but we really are in the infancy stages of this story in terms of where our movement's going to take it so buckle up buttercup now if you'll excuse me I'll get back to doing my radio job (laughs) so here's Jonathan Turley okay who's when it comes to legal analysis You know, if you only had one voice, and I know there's tons of them here on Fox that are brilliant. I mean, Emily Campagna is coming up in this hour. She is a brilliant legal mind, uh, and she's one of my best friends. So this is not to be said to slight her. But when you get into the realm of, like, the Andy McCarthys, the Jonathan Turleys, I mean, you know, if Emily was doing the segment as well, these are people with so much vast knowledge of the court system, but more importantly, the precedence in the court system. Paul Morrow, you hear on the show a lot, who writes for OpsDesk.org. OpsDesk.org is good of a legal analysis as you're going to get. So anytime I'm, I have the luxury of playing you sound from a Paul, from an Emily, from a Turley, okay, from anybody like Andy McCarthy, I know that I'm giving you something that's coming from a place of maximum strength, um, you know, understanding when it comes to their legal analysis. And the reason I say that is because I cannot underscore enough just how unprecedented this prosecution of Donald Trump is and the manner in which they're going about doing it. That's what I wanted to share with you today, because as I was listening to Turley lay it out yesterday, it really in my head crystallized like, my gosh, like this is a desperate attempt To interfere in the election. It's happening in plain sight. Oh, January 6th, it's bad. It's not good. And I'll be honest with you, I don't like January 6th. I was on the air condemning it. I think it's bad what the Trump supporters did. I think it's horrible what the feds did dressed up as Trump supporters. Don't kid yourself for a second. But I was condemning political violence before it was cool. So I'm not going to give anyone involved a free pass. But the point is, they're now using that as a cudgel to try to influence the election. And make no mistake about it, they interfered in the 2020 election. They interfered in the election. How do we know that? How do we know that, Jimmy? How dare you say such a thing? Well, I'll explain. We were told in the run-up to the 2020 election that we could not talk about Hunter Biden's laptop because it was Russian disinformation. It's Russian disinformation. Hunter's not on the ballot. His dad is. Never mind that the only reason Hunter would be getting money is because of who his dad is, but stick with me. You can't share it. This is not a thing. And we'll be damned if we're going to endanger our democracy based on the misinformation that this is not a thing and you guys are sharing it anyway. Well, as it turns out, it's a thing. On Friday, okay, as you know, Hunter Biden is indicted, okay, now faces up to 42 years in prison for evading taxes on the very business we were told was not a thing. Bingo. That's election interference. They knowingly, knowing he was being investigated, knowing IRS whistleblowers had come forward and said, hey, by the way, they're blocking this investigation. Knowing 51 former intelligence officials signed a letter trying to kill the Hunter Biden laptop as Russian disinformation. Everything we were told we weren't allowed to talk about because it's not a thing. Hunter Biden has now been indicted on because he didn't pay taxes on that thing.
2: He knows what he's talking about.
3: That's election interference. That's election interference, okay? And it was our own federal authorities who interfered in our election, as they are doing now with this Jack Smith ridiculousness. They're trying to get Trump tried before the election. Why before the election? So they can hang it over his head before the election. Hey, I don't know if we want to vote for this guy. He might be going to jail. Now, that's important that they try him before the election, because if they try him after the election and convict him, he can pardon himself, at which point the whole thing was a waste of time. So you understand, this isn't about accountability. You could say it is because, well, they're trying to deny him the right to pardon himself. No, no, no. What they're after is the right to try him before the election so it influences the election. They don't care where he winds up, okay, on January 20th of 2024, as long as it's not in the White House.
4: I'm telling you, that boy's a genius.
3: Here's Jonathan Turley laying it out. Clip seven.
0: Smith had just filed, or this matter was just filed before the D.C. Circuit, Mm -hmm. Uh, and then he decided that he wanted to leapfrog over the Court of Appeals and go directly to the Supreme Court. The only reason for that is that he is uh, really focused entirely on trying Trump during this campaign and and trying to convict him before the election. The question is whether the Supreme Court's going to feel that that is such an urgent uh, priority uh, that you actually uh, bring this case before Super Tuesday. Uh, usually the Supreme Court likes to hear from multiple Court of Appeals. They certainly want normally to hear from at least one on these issues. Mm-hmm. And so they may not have the same sense of priority as Smith uh, who seems almost obsessed uh, with trying Trump before the election. So think about that.
3: Obsessed, okay, with trying Trump before the election. That's how he characterizes Jack Smith. Now, the significance of that is huge, just huge, because of the trying Trump before the election. Again, it's not about a conviction. It's that while one guy is running for office against Trump, they can go, oh, you know, this guy might be going to jail. This guy's a criminal, you see. Never mind that they're about to launch an impeachment inquiry into Joe Biden. Never mind that his son will also be on trial. The point is Jack Smith and the DOJ are now actively – this is something that would never be done, ever, ever, ever. If you remember when James Comey explained why they weren't going to prosecute Hillary Clinton, they were like, we didn't even want this investigation going on. It's unprecedented to interfere on a legal basis during the general election. We don't, we want the people to choose the next president. We don't want the FBI to choose for them. And that was the reasoning laid out for the American people. Never mind that they were just justifiably, in their mind, letting her off the hook and continuing to spread rumors about Trump and Russia in the process. The point is, we used to be a nation of precedents, And you didn't do stuff like this in an election year. Okay, now we're doing something to Trump in an election year that we could have done in either of the past two years. The timing of this is horrific if you're really concerned about the optics, but they're not concerned about the optics anymore. And this is the point I try to make every day on this show. The government is not drunk on power. They are plastered on power. This is not your buddy singing Love Shack off key. This is your buddy on the bar with his shirt off, and he's getting ready to take his pants off, too. OK, that's where we are right now. This is beyond love, shack. This guy is a mess. Get him out of here.
4: Get him out.
3: Same thing that needs to be said about Jack Smith. Here's the rest of the Charlie analysis, clip eight. Is there any other reason other than politics to want to do that?
0: Well, there's a tactical reason. If Trump wins, he can pardon himself, and then Smith will never see a jury in this case. I mean, so if, if Trump... Uh, He does prevail in the election. If he's not convicted at that point, he can Mm. give himself a preemptory uh, pardon. He doesn't have to wait for the trial.
3: So you dig? They need to do this now. okay? And everyone's trying to make their name off of getting Trump. It's like they fancy themselves bounty hunters that they're going to bring in the big hole. Oh, we got big Don. You don't understand. We got Big Don. No, you didn't get Big Don. We got Big Don. That's who these people are. They're desperate. And understand they're appealing to a people whose emotions are their facts. They're crazy. No, no. But understand that every single person who gets out of bed every day hating Donald Trump with all the fiber in their being so they don't have to look inwards at the things they hate about themselves. They're doing so by watching TV shows Trump regularly appealed, appeared on for 15 years. Okay, again, Trump hosted Saturday Night Live multiple times. He hosted a show on NBC primetime. It was their highest rated show for 15 years. But when Trump ran for president, NBC was like, he's literally Hitler. You are so full of shit. But I mean, think about that. How could we go from he's on your network for 15 years? I mean, he's been on their network for about 40 years if you just count the regular TV appearances he's been making his whole life. But how could you go from one to the other unless, oh, yeah, this is all a manufactured crisis? Okay, the Clintons were at his wedding. Okay, he was at Elton John's wedding. He came out in favor of gay marriage in 2004. Before all the Democrats, OK, eventually saw this as a winning issue and jumped on as if they were somehow liberators. I mean, if you want to be honest, Trump in 2004 is at Elton John's wedding to David Furnish in support of gay marriage. Here is Joe Biden. OK, in the year 2008, talking about gay marriage.
4: I can't believe the American people can't see through this. We already have a law. The Defense of Marriage Act, where we've all voted, not where I voted and others said, look, marriage is between a man and a woman, and states must respect that. Nobody's violated that law. There's been no challenge to that law. Why do we need a constitutional amendment? Marriage is between a man and a woman. What's the game going on here?
3: Whoa, whoa! If he said that now in the Democratic Party? He should be behind bars! Okay, the Democrats aren't progressive. They're opportunistic. Okay, when they see something as a viable voting block, they'll pursue it. You understand the Dixiecrats, okay, the party of slavery. My man Abraham Lincoln, the guy my kids named after, is a Republican. Okay, when you talk about Jim Crow, you know, Biden likes to say, this is Jim Crow on steroids, what they're doing in Georgia. Jim Crow was a, you know, byproduct of the Dixiecrats. The Democrats were the ones actively oppressing black people. Nobody fought harder against integrated school busing than Joe Biden. Do you remember? That was Kamala Harris's one good moment on the campaign trail in the year 2016. Kamala's awful with her weird laugh. (laughs) Ha ha! But what did Joe Biden famously get in trouble for in that first debate? Kamala Harris said there was a little girl who took a school bus for the first time in 1976. And Joe Biden was out there fighting against integrated school busing because he said he didn't want his kids to grow up in a racial jungle. But that little girl who got on the bus, that little girl was me. Do You have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump and you ain't black. That's who Joe Biden is. OK, but you understand that's the scam of what the Democrats are doing in this moment. OK, they want you to believe Trump is this unprecedented threat to our democracy. So they're launching a series of unprecedented attacks <laughs> to deny you a right in the democratic process. It's the dumbest thing you'll ever Ever see when you're right, you're right, and you're right.
2: This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
3: Oh, girl, it is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon doing the dang thing. 888 788 9910. Emily Campagna in the next hour. And then James Comer, the man launching an impeachment inquiry into Joe Biden, says they have the votes to do it. He'll explain how they got there uh, in the final hour of today's broadcast. Very newsy day today. A lot of headlines being made on the show. Uh, so definitely stick around. Help me fight the good fight. It's my first day back after a few days in Texas. The fact that I'm even speaking English is a major achievement right now uh, because they go hard. They go hard. <laughs> Really hard down there. Uh, but we love it. And uh, we're going to get back on the road and visit a lot of you markets that are out there listening to us right now when my book goes on sale January 30th. So we're doing this, you guys. We're getting some you and me time face to face, is what we're doing. And in the next hour, we're going to talk about these dirt bags at America's College Presidents. Because we got a surprising, uh, surprising chime in uh, during the last commercial break from someone you might not expect to be condemning liberal academia, but apparently they're watching what we're watching and coming to the same conclusion when it comes to Harvard, which is...
5: I'm sick and tired of all this bullshit.
2: Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, there he is, Jimmy.
3: Jimmy, back in
2: action. Big hour
3: of Fox Across America with your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon. Going to be joined by one of my damn good buddies, Emily Campagna, the human happy hour. She's getting off the outnumbered couch downstairs right now. They go into the kiss and cry room, review their scores. And then they make it on up to Fox Across America. We have a grown-up talk about everything going on in this country. If you want to open for Emily, you want to share your thoughts, 888-788-9910. This is, of course, a safe space for cool people. And I don't mean you're cool like you're walking around with a pack of cigarettes under your sleeve like you're the Fonz. Hey, just mean you're cool. We can agree. We can disagree. It doesn't really matter. Everybody is welcome in this moment. So uh, I say it all the time. It is not a conservative talk show. It is very much an American talk show. Freedom! So we will take the issues seriously but we will not take ourselves seriously at all. Because I don't know if you heard, but everybody in this country is on the verge of snapping right now. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore! Seriously, that's most people when it comes to politics. So we're kind of a port in the storm, where you can you know, you can come by and you could agree to disagree. Remember, agree to disagree? They're like, ah, we'll agree to disagree. I like this guy. It's getting a little contentious. I don't want the political ideology to get in the way of our friendship. So we'll agree to disagree. And that's it. You went on and you've remained friends. Now it's a, whoa, 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 whoa. You disagree? Somebody ought to belt you in the mouth. That's what they do now. Oh, kill this. Get him out of here. Fire him from his job. He disagrees. We don't have to do that here. We have this thing called talent. So I'm not going to yell at you for three hours, get you all worked up. Just going to be your radio buddy. That's all I ever do. 888-788-9910. Everybody at Elite Academia, Ivy League colleges, are a bunch of absolute dirtbags. That's true. That is true. We'll focus in on Harvard for a minute. Now, I obviously didn't go to Harvard. I went to Harvard State. Uh, But stick with me. Harvard faculty has signed a lecture vowing to stand behind the university president uh, and say that they cannot fire her. They stand to lose a billion dollars and you go, wow, well, these people are really putting their money where their mouth is. No, these Ivy League schools have gotten $45 billion in taxpayer subsidies over the years and they get that much foreign money poured into their campuses as well and they get that much more donor money from the billionaires like the Bill Ackmans of the world. That a billion dollars to them is really just a drop in the bucket. It really is. But more importantly, Harvard, if you understand, and every one of these Ivy League schools have become nothing more than a very high-priced, woke daycare. Everything woke turns to Totally. They can't fire her because firing her would be signaling an alliance with the people who say Israel is good and Hamas is bad. They can never, ever do that because the idiots on their campus, remember the, hate has no home here. You know, apparently Jews don't have a home either because Harvard is on board with their president calling for the genocide of all Jews. Remember this, Harvard is a school. Harvard is a school that would ban Riley Gaines for showing up and saying, biological men should not be competing against biological women and calling that fair women's sports. Okay. They were like, that's hate speech. That's dangerous. People are going to die. She's not welcome on the campus. Now, if you'll excuse me, we've got to go to the kill the Jews rally. Okay. That's what Harvard is. They banned Tom Homan. Tom Homan, you've heard him on the show before. It was a former acting ice director. Tom Homan was banned from Harvard Because they said someone showing up who wanted to enforce our laws, our laws, our constitutionally written laws, someone who wants to enforce the law at the southern border. That's hate speech. It's criminal. They're worse than the KKK. Get him out of here. He's not welcome. That's who Harvard is, an Ivy League school that would ban Halloween because it's culturally insensitive. Yet when it comes to people chanting for the death of every Jew everywhere, they go, oh, it's complicated. It depends on the context. I mean, what hour of the day are we talking about killing all the Jews? I mean, if it's after 5 o'clock, you know, a guy's got to blow off some steam, you know? I mean, it's insane. There is no context. There are certain questions that if we're going to be a decent people in this country, there are certain questions you don't get a second crack at. I was filling in for Gutfeld on the 5 on Friday. That's why I look so tall on TV. I was sitting on the phone books he normally sits on. And I made that point. If you're hiring a babysitter and you go, hey— You're going to keep an eye on the kid? And the babysitter goes, no, we're going to kill it. Okay? You don't give them a do-over the next day. Like if they call and go, upon further reflection, I understand that what I should have said, you're not hiring that babysitter. Just the same as Harvard's president should have no future at that school or at any school. I agree with that. I don't know that Obama does. But the person running Harvard... Okay, has gotten a show of support from faculty because you understand they agree with her. They agree that it depends on the context. Remember, believe all women. We were told, understand, we were told that Brett Kavanaugh should be denied his place on the Supreme Court. Because Christine Blasey Ford was accusing him of rape 35 years later. Now, we don't know if it's exactly 35 years because she doesn't know the date. She doesn't know where it was. She has no corroborating witnesses and they have nothing to back up her accusation. Get her out. Get her out of here. That's what any reasonable person said. But the Democrats were like, rapist. Believe all women. He's a rapist. We know he is. Well, how do you know he is? Well, we just know, we understand, we know he is. That's uh, what we know. Just take our word for it, believe all women. You are so full of sh. Now those same Democrats are telling you flat out, well, we've got this video of the women being raped and beheaded. And they go, well, you know, it depends. Uh, We don't know definitively. That it was Hamas doing the raping and beheading. I know Hamas has gone on TV and they've bragged about the raping and beheading. But, you know, that could just be boastful. We don't know that they actually did it. You know, sometimes guys brag. It's like a catching a big fish. But that's who these people are. The people who told you hate has no home here. We have to defund the police because hate has no home here. That's what we were told. No, oh, the police are hateful. Never mind that every single one of us is going to call them the second something goes wrong in our lives. The police are hateful. We got to get rid of them because hate has no home here. Look, if you hate cops just because of the cops, the next time you get in trouble, call a crackhead. But everybody who has a hate has no home here sticker are the same people marching on behalf of the most hateful group the world has ever seen. Hamas is not only killing children, and women and families. But they're taking their cell phones, recording the videos, and sending the videos to all their contacts. Like, guys, do you understand how depraved they are? Do you understand how indifferent they are to the human lives they're torturing, both physically and emotionally, with the reveal of these videos? These are barbaric animals. They don't understand diplomacy. Do you know what they understand? Kill them. Okay, if you've had bugs in your house, bugs. You've had bugs in your house. There's a certain level of bug, okay, where your significant other goes, just kill it. Don't, 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 don't put it a paper towel, throw it out the window, kill it. Okay, that's what Hamas is. There's no diplomacy. If you see a Hamas in your shower, kill it. If you see it on your kitchen ceiling, grab a paper towel, kill it. That's who these people are. They're monsters. Animals cannot be rehabilitated. Yet the people at these Ivy League institutions, they have, okay, it's so bananas. But they've oversimplified everything. Their thought process, so reductive, it all comes down to skin color. Well, anybody with darker skin is the good guy. Anyone with lighter skin is the bad guy. The truth is, and this is where the Democrats and the liberals have become so racist. When you base everything on skin color, which was the complete opposite of what Martin Luther King fought for, you wildly overlook the fact that people are just people, no matter what race or religion they ascribe to. There are billions, billions of peaceful Muslims around the world. Billions. Are the members of Hamas part of that troop? No, they have to go. Okay, understand, when it comes to race, when it comes to religion, we all want the same things, we want to make money. Keep our families safe, you know, live a long, happy life filled with laughter. Eat some good food, maybe take some fun vacations, watch the movies you like, root for your ball team, whatever you're into, whatever your pursuits are. You paint, you fly kites, I don't care. The point is you're in the fun business. If you die tomorrow, you're going to wish you had more fun today. A lot of you know that, and you're out there having fun today, regardless of how work is going, regardless of how your career is going, regardless of how your relationships are going. Okay? Okay. The number one reaction to every piece of news I've ever received in my life, growing up in my house, living as the head of a household, is always, oh, really? Great. What do you guys want to eat for dinner? Because we just love food. That's what we come from. Oh, wait, you got the part, Jimbo? Wait, it starts when? Great. What do you want to eat for dinner? Oh, they threw you out of the audition. They told you to stick to cab driving. You're a fat slob. That's great. But what do you want to eat for dinner? Okay, that's, you know, we just go towards the compass of the things we enjoy. That's all you're supposed to be doing in life. Okay, sadly, what Hamas enjoys? Killing Jewish people, killing their supporters, killing gays, killing women. They have no regard for human life. Okay, that is a known thing. That's not like a Jimmy take. That is the world's take. That is our top intelligence take in this country. So you understand the people at places like Harvard that support the presidents support the president of Harvard because they understand their campus wants that. That's why she doesn't have to go. Okay, if the kids want it, it happens. That's the way this works now. Okay, the kids run the schools. Why? Because the kids are the ones taking out these $700,000 loans. They just want the kids to be happy. Harvard is a woke daycare. Okay, and you have to understand that when it comes to this president not being fired, okay, What it always comes down to again and again and again is that these Ivy League schools who want to tell you they'll give you a better (laughs) education. No, they won't. Kids who go to Harvard hate America, the greatest source of good the world has ever known. Kids who go to Harvard think they're fighting oppression in this country. We are, by fact, the most tolerant and inclusive society the world has ever known. Never mind that by population we're the most diverse. We have a larger representation of multiple ethnicities in this country than exists anywhere else in the world. We are the most diverse country in the world. We are the most tolerant of diverse viewpoints in the world. That's who we are. Okay, we are the rich kids who have no idea how prosperous and fortunate they are, so they're complaining. Well, and Daddy was supposed to get me a cashmere sweater, but I only got thick wool. Meanwhile, the kids two houses down are peeing on each other for heat. Okay, that's who we are comparative to the rest of the world, and it's disgusting just what a profound lack of gratitude people show on the left, but they get it from liberal academia. That's who they are, but they want to believe at places like Harvard and Yale and MIT and Cornell and University of Pennsylvania and everything. We're in between. They're out there fighting oppression, okay? We're not free until Hamas is free. Wait, what? What? What's going on here? It's bananas. But they're behind it. This is what they believe. You know what else they believe? They believe they're better than you. That's why you hear terms like, oh, the flyover states. Oh, they don't know any better in the flyover states with their affordable housing. (laughs) It's my favorite term in the world when people who live in New York use the term McMansion. Oh, they got their McMansions. It's not a real mansion because it doesn't cost as much as a real mansion. It's just the same size as a real mansion, brand new and far more affordable. You could buy it in your 20s as opposed to wait until you're 50 to buy your first house like they do in New York where the smart people live. That's what they think of you. They think you're idiots in the middle of the country. You're the smartest people in the world. Like they call you the flyover states. I live in New York. It is a driveover state. You're driving over syringes and pantless time travelers. What the hell did you just say? No, it's a mess. And I'm telling you because I care. If you live in the middle of the country, you are a genius. You hit the actual lottery. You have space. You understand? You live in a good life. But they hate you because they run on hating you. They need, you know, people run on certain things. You know, I always tell you as like a comic, I have an abusive stage dad who lives in my head who just calls me names all day. He's like, you suck. You ain't no good, Michael.
2: It's people with a dirty mind that think like that.
3: Every day, but that's how it works. And then right when I'm about to hit the stage, he's like, you look good, Michael. And I get out there and I do the mean walk, moonwalk. That's how it works. You know, we all have a process of what keeps us running hard and working hard. Well, the people at these big elite institutions basically run on feeling better than you, like some type of a moral superiority. At least we're not like those idiots hanging out with the cheap beer and the low property taxes. I mean, who would want that, Vinny? You know what I'm saying? That's what you're dealing with. OK, that's why I stick up for you guys at every turn. But the truth is, I used to have doubts. I used to be like, listen, I went to community college. I majored in Super Mario Brothers. OK, there's no way that I can stand toe to toe with these people intellectually. And then I started listening to these people intellectually, and I realized the whole thing was a fraud. <laughs>
2: The critics have spoken. I really appreciate fine art. You do? Yes. And this isn't it! Oh, ho, ho, ho. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Thaler.
3: There it is, Fox Across America. Radio buddy Jimmy Thaler Just had some. Members of law enforcement stop by to wish us well and take a quick picture. Uh, If you're a man or a woman uh, who puts on the uniform, uh, this Bud's for you. (laughs) So one thing about Fox is there's always like somebody here who has like a relative in town and they're giving him tours. Uh, So during commercial breaks, you meet all kinds of fun people. Well, Dave Manning, who is one of the representatives of this program a go-between. He's the guy who has to call up the stations and apologize for what I said on the air, uh, He, which is a true story. He, he just had uh, some friends in town uh, from New Jersey's finest and uh, they said hello. We took a quick picture. So if I sound a little winded, it's because I was sucking it in for 30 seconds because I didn't want them to look at the picture and be like
4: That boy is a P.I.G. pig.
3: <laughs> well, listen, if you want to take some pictures, uh, we are sold out in Palm Beach, Florida, this Saturday night at the Palm Beach Kennel Club. But if you come gamble in the casino, if you didn't get a show ticket, you'll still meet me because I'm gambling all night. My birthday is this Sunday. Uh, I will be sans Jenny and Lincoln. I'm down there on my own in a casino uh, for 24 hours.
2: This could be a problem.
3: I expect it to be a huge problem. Like, I'm looking for a problem. So if you're coming to that show, if you got tickets, get your game face on because we are absolutely playing prison rules. Uh, If you pre-order a copy of my book, Right now, I can sign it for you before the holidays. The publisher gave us these incredible inserts that I can sign and personalize, and they're designed to stick on the first page of the book. The book is being produced that way because we're going to be doing a lot of live book events when we go on tour. So foxnewsbooks.com if you want to send somebody a pretty rad Christmas gift. And if you just want to treat them to some good radio, don't move because we have Emily Campagno coming up next. And we're going to continue to discuss this ridiculousness at our elite institutions. Although we have to really rephrase how we describe. There's nothing elite going on at Harvard. Okay, being a half a million dollars in death, is not elite. Being taught to hate the greatest country in the world, not elite. Thinking the police are the bad guys, weapons grade stupid. But making any case whatsoever for something like Hamas is an embarrassment. You're bringing shame on your family. And nobody knows more about bringing shame on their families than the woman I'm bringing up in the next break. I kid. She is a fan favorite here. I personally don't get it, uh, but a lot of you do. So Emily Campagna will join us when we come back right here on the big, bad, one and only, high-flying, death-defying, internationally renowned, keto-approved, gluten-free, Fox Across America.
2: It's America's Life Coach, Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
3: Yes, it is. And if the band sounds fired up, it's because they are. I can't even get the words out. (laughs) It's how exciting this is. It's in excess, by the way, singing New Sensation, but this guest is a regular recurring sensation on this show. No reason for her to be new to any of you, but it always feels new uh, because she's the lovable and talented Emily Campagno. Hey, girl.
1: Thing you've ever, said. ever
3: Ever, ever, ever. I'm in a weird mood. Unlike just the LG away. Bloom. No, but, <laughs> but you know what I'm going to have to do? He like comes
1: back with the tide. We
3: should all acknowledge that I'm going to have to somehow make up for this later in the interview with some unspeakably vile cheap shot. 100%. I'm
1: just, getting a text was... later calling me every name in the book just well, to make up for the kind intro.
3: Do you want two laughs then so I'll have you know this? First and foremost, I just got back from East Texas. They're the sweetest people known to man. And I, I go through this 72-hour reentry period where I'm one of them. Like, I'm nice, I'm su- yeah. I'm extra polite to everybody, <laughs> I'm, I'm patient.
1: You call me ma'am. Yeah, like, I-
3: <laughs> it's like, I'm in this really nice mood, I was duped into that. But two, I didn't realize how much of a thing this had become. My last two stand-up events during the Q&A, one of them is great, and I'll tell you that one second. But two times people have, come, have said during the Q&A, What's the rudest thing Emily Campagna has ever sent you in a text message? And they think it's so funny because they love that we talk smack. So anyway, in Reno, um, I just, you know, talked about us calling each other fat and everything. And said it's actually <laughs> kind of healthy and it's good for us, keeps us working hard. But there was a kid who would not stop interrupting me in Florida, okay, at one of the shows. And um, a sweet enough kid, but he was he just... He want, when people jump into the ring with the champ, they're going to catch a left hook. That's yeah. the point. I'm not allowing you to talk to me because I care what you have to say. It's a stand-up show. They want, they want fun so this one kid would not stop heckling about other things and with like a minute to go in the show he's like what's the worst thing Emily Campagna ever texted you I go a picture of you ah! <laughs> and the poor crowd it was great.
1: that's amazing but it had to
3: happen that way it oh had gosh, to happen love that. you can't poke the bear ladies and gentlemen you
1: can't poke the bear
3: you can gamble with the bear in Palm Beach this Saturday the seats are sold out I can't get you into the show but I can gamble with you all night and I'm gonna that's it's gonna be rowdy I'm free This uh, you should come I should get you a ticket you wanna come hang out and go gambling check your calendar saturday, sunday's my birthday i have nothing to do saturday in west palm but gamble and do comedy and that's what i'm doing like i'm just going i am going to gamble like it's 2001 when i'd have to walk around speaking mandarin for 2 weeks so people didn't know it was me cuz i was in that much trouble with the bookies <coughs> You're going to see a 2001 Jimmy Fallon in Palm Beach. I might even bleach my hair blonde again like the old days. Totally. Go full Lance Bass for the gig.
1: I was about to say, this <laughs> is amazing. I love everything about this. And we will bring the party to you, the That's... birthday celebration to you. We deliver Happy it. Happy early birthday, yeah, buddy. It's, it's
3: coming. Thanks, champ. Uh, and one yes, looks good on you. Hey, girl. Bang! We're buttering each other up today. This is not going to end good. Emily Campagna <laughs> in the house, fresh off the outnumbered couch. It is my uh, understanding. That uh, my man Dave Manning, my affiliate rep, brought some people by the outnumbered set to take a picture. Who worked in law enforcement? Did you get to take a selfie earlier in earlier in the day? They met
1: me, but we didn't take a picture.
3: Oh, okay. So they met you and Kaylee because Dave was talking about how she's like, you know, Emily's a former prosecutor. I'm like, no, she's not.
1: I said that. I was like, uh, I'm on oh, okay. defense today. Okay, good. Yeah. No, he didn't. He, they did not ask for a photo. If they did, and I missed it, I'm sorry. They're like, she won't take a photo. No, no, no. I, not I at was, all. I was on my way out, and then Dave was like, Hey, Emily, there's our actual, you know. Agents with SVU, and I said, thank you for your service. That's amazing, totally. It's great to meet you guys. And then he said, she's a prosecutor. I was like, no, I was defense. And then I just kept saying, like, thank you so much. It was great to meet you guys. But I had to run, actually, to a Foster Love volunteer event Uh upstairs on 3 or downstairs on 3. Whatever. So I was sort of running out the door.
3: Okay, fair. Emily Campagno in studio. Let's get to the nitty-gritty now because there's hard-hitting news we have to delve into. Sunday night, I was in Dallas uh, for the Cowboys-Eagles game. Mm. Brother Mike's 50th birthday present. Me and Lincoln took him to the Cowboys games he's a Cowboys fan he's yep. never been epic epic oh, moment a- one of the wild things they do okay pregame in Cowboys stadium AT&T Stadium is we were coming back from the concession stand for the thousandth time getting we were drinking beers as, as one does and they wouldn't let us walk because they bring out the Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders like through the crowd onto the field it's quite a spectacle that the Cowboys cheerleaders pretty famous uh, what I wanted to ask you as a former head cheerleader of the Oakland Raiders is, are there cheerleader rivalries do you guys watch other – did you guys ever watch, like, other teams' girls and be like, they ain't nothing? Is it like Wildcats? Did you ever chant, like, u g l y u You ugly! You ugly! You ugly! Yeah. Did that go on?
1: Um, I, I feel that we are the only two people in the building who can quote Wildcats. That's number one. <laughs> and we just did to each other. That Goldie Hawn
3: doesn't remember the lines from Don't Wildcats. Don't drop
1: the helmets. Um, and then, secondly, the answer is sort of yes and no. Okay. So, in sort of yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and also sort of no, uh, in that it's super supportive. It's a small community. Yeah. A lot of everyone knew each other anyway. People. So go the on-the-air answer
3: is no, the off-the-air answer is...
1: Yeah, and <laughs> I, I would say it's sort of... It's like any team, any uh-huh. team that you play for or whatever, where... Um, and girls, I think, tend to... Like, if we move... Like, I had girlfriends that cheered for Raiders and Niners or Raiders and then Cowboys or whatever, right? It's mm-hmm. like you, you, you... Yeah. People move... Humans move.
0: Yeah,
4: yeah.
1: Um, but there are you know to be honest there's many teams that don't play with yeah. there's different uh-huh. right so you're
3: mm-hmm. I get it so the I'm thing is the reason i was i was getting there is because I'm really trying to speak to the intensity of rivalries. The reason being is because I was credibly informed by the people sitting next to me at the Cowboys game. They were season ticket holders. They said, like, the Cowboys get up first, the fans anyway, who are the most polite people in the world, but they genuinely hate the Eagles, and they genuinely hate the Saints. They said if there were two games to go to in Dallas, it's Eagles or Saints because the fans are exceptionally rowdy, never louder than it is on those days. Who were those teams for the Raiders? Broncos, well, yeah, Broncos, Chargers. Well, bro- is it Here's anything the divisional? It's sort
1: of Broncos and Niners. But okay. my, the reason I hesitated is because it's sort of similar to asking like University of Washington Husky who your main rivalry mm-hmm. is. For some, they might say Washington State. For some, they might say University of Oregon. And it's mm-hmm. a reflection of when you grew up. Okay. It's a reflection of when you went there. So at the end of the day, like there's no team I hate more than than the Niners. But the reality is our rival mm-hmm. is the Broncos, and it used to be the Chiefs, yep. right? So I, I I think and clearly now though what you calling the Chiefs. Arrival, we can't even I mean it's an honor to be on the same field let's be honest so that's the only reason that I hesitated is yeah, that I, I get think it it's sort of depends yeah. who you're asking in the time but for me yes it's Niners and Broncos um you know it's interesting because I just went to a Steelers game in Pittsburgh that's and right. I was struck by first of all I wore all my Raiders gear even though they were playing the Packers and I was struck by how polite everyone is yes. first of all I love everyone in Pennsylvania they're amazing secondly the fans like I expect like There was not even, it was the most polite yet also intense, like super fans, but nice. And it was sort of this ulterior reality that I never knew existed because I only know smack talking. I only (laughs) know violence. And to to be in that realm of like intelligent, amazing, committed fans that are polite and kind was like heaven. It's weird, right? I know it's a different,
3: it's a different vibe. Yeah. Um, I, I will tell you this. Me, me and Lincoln, by the way, are going to the Steelers game December 23rd. Oh, that's right. If anyone's listening on WJAS or Beaver you County Radio. Be is that true?
1: Not at the game, but I'll be like down the street from right. you guys. So okay. you call that... me when you get arrested.
3: <laughs> that's so. going to be bad because it's just me and the Link man. <laughs> well, yeah, right. We might get arrested because we don't even have my brother with us to bail us out, who would be you know, our that's law enforcement connection. Um, so the point <laughs> is it is a little jarring in that regard, uh, in that environment. What I saw in Dallas, it was really wild. The Dallas fans—they're very—they're funny. They had a lot of—they had a lot of things to say that were creatively funny about Eagles fans, like they sing, you know, the Eagles have a song called Fly Eagles Fly. So they were naturally just singing Cry Eagles Cry. Very basic and juvenile, but it was fun. It was 105,000 people openly mocking the Eagles and having fun. There were a few Philly fans that you'd expect to see in Philly who had made the trip to to Dallas, like like white dudes with their hats on sideways, bumping into anybody they could, hoping to get punched in the head. Like that element's just always going to be there. But I'm thankful for that element because I think, you know, in, in a manageable dose... That's the sports I grew up going to. Sporting events aren't supposed to feel so sanitized. I think it's healthy for the kids once in a while to hear language they're not going to hear anywhere else. Do you know the first time I went to a Yankee game in the Bronx, Bo Jackson, who obviously went on to mega stardom with the Raiders uh, and was a Kansas City Royal at the time, Bo had declared that he was going to start playing football as his hobby. It was a controversial statement. Because if you remember, he was drafted at the top of the draft in two sports, started in baseball before he committed to the NFL. And he was like, I'm going to play the NFL. It's going to be my hobby. People were bothered by that. There was a drunk sitting next to me who spent eight innings screaming, they're going to break your legs. That's all he's for eight innings. They're going to break <laughs> your legs. They're going to break your effing legs. And by bottom of the eighth, I was like, all right, Mom, he gets it. You know, <laughs> stop it. All right, Marianne, Mary Ann. That's enough out of you. <laughs> but, but it was my first time there, and it was so awesome to be around this unhinged element and I think that's the value of sports. A lot of people are missing uh, because it's healthy. Because it's like we're fighting over this thing. It doesn't quite really matter, but it's so much better than fighting over politics because it's just a football game. You know?
1: Yeah. The whole point is the healthy dose and the like. Am I going to get shaved? Uh, shaved in the parking lot, or am I? You know. So- at the end of the day, mm-hmm. um, there's always the sto situations and the horrible, vicious, and the, the, yeah, that. Yeah, which has we can not kindle. And then there's the sanitize, which is like, this is amazing, but I'm like, I feel I can't be my real self, right? Mm-hmm. The healthy middle is the best. Did you see that ref? There were like four refs that were um it's a fourth grade basketball yeah, the, like brawl. Four, yeah the brawl yeah the yeah. brawl but it was uh-huh. literally like twelve year olds yeah I don't know how old you are on fourth grade or whatever um <laughs> sort of hysterical but that's something where I feel like we laugh when we look at the video but like in reality it's actually not funny at all yeah that's not good because the kids need to know exactly like and they here's the thing this is what I find and feel is such an art the art of smack talking is real yeah you need to be able to dish it and you need to be able to take it and you need to be able to read the room yeah so. The situation just happened actually when I was walking into work earlier Someone who dishes it all the time, dish something. I flipped it back and he was stunned into silence, literally couldn't say anything. I'll tell you about it off air. Oh,
3: that's great And I and so
1: I patted him on the shoulder. I was like, I was like, you're like a puppy. You know, if you you at a certain point your mom's gonna like yeah. bite, you know, and be like like smack you down or whatever. So you have to build up that thick skin because there's nothing I love more than mm-hmm. getting into like good natured smack talking to the other team. And I was disappointed in Pittsburgh that no one really said anything to me.
3: They wanted to fight. Yeah, you wanted a beer thrown at you, at least one.
1: Yeah, just, just one. But you wanna you know, want to know why it's like the beer off my cheek. But it was more about it was like the the, ba- the funny banter, the great like mm-hmm. I, I miss that where you know you're well, not going to get punched in the stomach for yeah. it, and neither are you. But it's yeah. like it's friendly and it's awesome, and well, it's between fans that know the game.
3: Yes. Well, this is what I think the challenge is. They weren't playing you guys. I think if they were playing you guys, the attacks would have been more direct.
1: That's true. There was probably just confusion.
3: Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, what are you doing here?
1: Well, when you, I saw like a Seahawks fan there, I said, "Well, you're sort of far from home."
3: Yeah, As, you know. and you're like three miles closer than them. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> that's funny. Like,
1: we're both um we,
3: Because when, we... they, when they see you wearing the wrong team's jersey to the game and it's not either team that's playing, they just assume you're like an adult from a home. And they don't want to be mean to you.
1: However, I, I respectfully disagree because when you're in the house of the Steelers mm-hmm. and you wear your Raiders gear, man, that's a message. That's a big that's not rivalry. That's the same thing as like being in the Rams stadium and wearing mm. a random like
3: Yeah, nobody cares. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Like this
1: is, I'm, I was making a statement. I wasn't just like randomly wearing I was a statement. Like, yeah, I was. <laughs> yeah, I was, Jimmy. <laughs> Go Raiders. I'll Anywhere. show them.
3: I'm going to the Steel. I'm going to make a statement.
1: They weren't I'm even playing them. I'm going to make a them. statement.
3: Look at you. Whatever, em. everyone. I love I, it. I am proud. Uh-huh. I say
1: it loud. Um, can we talk about my podcast for second?
3: Yeah, time? we're supposed to. Emily Campagno is here. Uh, she's the host of the Fox True Crime podcast, and she has a statement she'd like to make about an, it. Give it to me.
1: Um, okay, I just want to make sure we had time for this because you guys, this uh-huh. week is really great. It's really amazing. Clay Chabot spent 22 years in prison for a murder and rape he did not commit. You know who committed it? His brother-in-law. Whoa. And his brother-in-law not only fingered him for it, but testified against him in trial, and at the end of the day was eventually convicted of it, but 22 years. And here's, here's I think, the sort of conceptual point of what was a beautiful conversation and um, just an incredible man and his story to hear, is that the prosecution dug in their heels, and despite clear DNA evidence and a ton of other evidence they wanted to retry him Uh so they said either you take a plea deal and you you say that you did in fact murder her but then you're free you're free Mm -hmm. or we take you to trial again and he just took the plea deal and he said i just want to go home yeah i just want to be with my son and it raises sort of a philosophical question of if you had already given 22 years of your life Mm -hmm. and if you had the option to just go home but it meant that you had a record of murder that you did not commit would you just go home? And I, I, I argue that every person would just go home.
3: Yeah, if you, especially if you want to see your kid. Exactly. I think, I think that's a really strong commentary on his kid because I've met some people's kids that I'd be like, yeah, give me two more years. What's the big deal? I'll start like a fantasy football league. No, that's one of those powerful stories that takes a look at the justice system from an angle we really discuss. I think it's actually necessary. As much as I wanted to find a negative dismount for this interview, I think you've brought something of value to the world today. Thanks. I I mean, really, though, that's that's really fascinating stuff to me. And it's not it's not something we talk about enough. Um, And, you know, the truth is when it comes to, you know, this guy wanting to go home, this is what I come back to getting past the logistics of this. Time is the number one source of wealth that we have on this planet. And everybody listening needs to be reminded of that because we have ways of forgetting that. And I say that as someone who works like 20 hours a day. But I use my time really well, you know, when I bring my family with me on the road or I hang out with you. I mean, I may see you in Palm Beach Saturday night. Yeah, that you will. would be – But be I also feel, news. to your
1: point, work for you is a connective tissue with others. Mm-hmm. You're not at a computer, like, yeah, yeah. making finance. Like, you no. are you are connecting and contributing to uh-huh. a fabric between all of us. Yeah. Um, and I think at the end of the day, to your point, time is the wealth, um, only if you use it wisely. Yeah. And for me, it's using it with my family.
3: Mm-hmm. No So I, on that
1: note, I'm out of here. I, I, qu- I quit. I'm going to see my family.
3: <laughs> I've had enough of this. That would be amazing. Oh, Emily. Um, the Fox True Crime podcast. Can you I ask can you a question? Ask me anything. We have time.
1: Um, okay, so if Rockefeller Center has Santa, you can sit on his lap. Mm-hmm. Weird or cool.
3: To sit on his lap?
1: Yeah. What if I, I got a picture of me sitting on Santa's lap? I mean Dope it's probably, it's, or nope.
3: It's probably cool for him because he's a pervert. That's what he's, I'm that's what's the thing. I'm, I'm like, all is day. it
1: like all these disgusting fat- or is it cool? He's it was spe- that there's trees around him and stuff no, when I was cool going to go do. get cookies it's the cute. other day. Yeah, I, had a, really
3: cool. I had a phenomenal Santa wait to meet me at my meet and greet on Saturday just so he could hand me a bag of coal. It was pretty funny. <laughs> I have a picture. It. He's like,
1: Jimmy, Jimmy, no, I, I got a, something. For I you. have
3: a picture. He's like, I brought you, Santa brought you something from oh, the North Pole, gosh. and he whipped out a bag of coal, which is pretty funny. I enjoyed that. But yeah, I think the adult picture with Santa is actually cute. If you're like a cool girl,
1: do I dress up or do I wear what I wore to work, which was sweats? Uh, I always wear sweats to work, and then I change into a nice outfit. See,
3: too. I think oh, I, I think the so photo. Long. I think the photo with Santa. Um, in my warrants, puff coat? Nah, yeah, that's what it warrants. Like a photo with Santa, but, but a puff I mean, coat like yeah.
1: outside, yeah, like your outdoor
3: looking. gear. Like you went to see Santa. Like you'd go to the mall as a kid. Yeah, you wouldn't be yeah. in a prom dress but you also wouldn't be what you commute in, which is a wino on the subway. I mean, she walks in here with a cup of coffee and it has money in it. By the time she gets to the building, people are like, hang in there. You'll turn it around, toots.
1: All the security at every door, I have to be like, you guys, it's Emily. And they're like, (laughs) oh, I didn't recognize you.
3: That's so funny. All right, go download the Fox True Crime Podcast and get over to see Santa. You might see Emily too. Back after
2: this. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
3: Fox Cross America with Jimmy Fallon. We kept Emily Campagna for one more break. That's stupid. Use your common sense. I know. We didn't want her. She is a, I say this all the time, she's a radio stray cat. We put out the bowl of milk. She's coming back. She's coming back. <laughs> she's only been invited on this show once. You were on the debut episode. <laughs> we were launching the show March 9th of 2020. And I was like, Emily, you gotta be on my show. You're like my best friend. You're my only adult friend. You don't make friends after the age of 30. Like, we're actually like, pal, we hang out. You know, my family, you know, my wife, you know, all that jazz. So the point is, um, I think back to when we launched that show, because we're like, it's going to be called Fox Across America, because you're going to be on the road every weekend. And that was five days before the pandemic. And then it was like, it's going to be Fox Across a Zoom cocktail party. <laughs> Fox but- Across my living room. <laughs> sweats
1: I never take off.
3: Oh, it was great. Did you know you were drinking too much if you got thrown out of a Zoom cocktail party? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Some guy de- deleted his accounts. Yeah. Um, dude, that was so long ago. It feels like yesterday. I know. You know what, though? I disagree. I have made tons of friends since yeah, the age of 30.
3: No, I know. I'm you always did. making friends. You actually, because you keep evolving as a person. So that's, that's the key. If you stay in one place, but you've lived 900 lives, right. you're like Fletch. You've done. People don't even know. Like, we'd event, we'll eventually get into it. But the amount of things you've done, not even the OnlyFans, just the other things. Oh, I he, kid. kids. he kids. He kids, kind of. Don't believe uh, it. The hour is over. Download the Fox True Crime podcast. James oh, Comer you. is coming up to apologize for Emily's
2: performance. I- Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Boom! There it is. And here we go. Big hour coming up
3: on the Big Bad One and Only Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. James Comer, the man leading the investigation into the Biden family. Are you the big man, Joe? The word on the street is the House Oversight Committee now has the votes to launch an impeachment inquiry. Come on, man. We're going to discuss it with the man leading that inquiry. James Comer stops by from the 1st Congressional District in Kentucky. Uh, In this hour, 888-788-9910, you know, you talk about Comer's District, it does include the Bourbon Trail uh, in Kentucky, where, as you know, I happen to be a huge fan of Michter's Whiskey. The Michter's guys, the best human beings I know, the Magliocco family, including the late, great Nino Magliocco, is fine of a human being as you could ever hope to come across. Uh, I am very loyal to Mictors. It's what I give out around the holidays. It's what I love. That being said, uh, I just got a case in the mail of John Taffer's brown butter bourbon and my goodness gracious... There are going to be some sloppy holiday parties around this place. Uh, Shout out to John Taffer from Bar Rescue. He and I became fast friends when I was filling in for Greg Gottfeld, our lovable comedy dwarf. And I will be uh, hosting Gutfeld's show, guest hosting it in the final week of the year between Christmas and New Year's. Uh, I'll be on it a couple of times, and I'll be hosting it, I believe, Friday, the 29th day of December if you want to watch that. But right now I'm hosting radio because that's actually what they pay me to do. And, yes, I do get paid to do this job. Granted, it's, you know, Tide Pods and chicken fingers. But the point is, I'll take it. It's more than they were paying me back in the taxi days. So uh, let's move on. Now, some of you might say, Jimmy, you're over here on the radio doing that for a living. Okay. Do you have any background in broadcasting? Uh, not a big one, to be honest with you. But a lot more than Hunter Biden had when he started taking in tens of millions of dollars from around the world.
0: Oh you're
5: right and when you're right you're right and you
3: you're always right i bring that up why because in this hour we're going to be talking to james comer about this impeachment inquiry into joe biden and you have to understand that wherever this impeachment inquiry goes the larger takeaway everyone needs to know this is they did in fact interfere in the 2020 election that is correct they interfered why do i say they interfered because hunter biden was just indicted okay faces now up to 42 years in prison for all forms of tax evasion. But you understand we were told in the run-up to the election we couldn't even discuss Hunter Biden because it wasn't a thing. It was fake. Okay, well, he's now indicted, facing 42 years for that thing that wasn't a thing. What can I tell you, kid? You're right. When you're right, you're right. You're right. So you understand, no, no, it's not a thing. You can't talk about it. We now know that it is well beyond the thing. So the fact that they hid it from us. That's not right. It was election interference. Regardless of where this goes, there is a there. There was a business being run. They were moving the money through dozens of shell accounts. You know, like all legitimate entities do. You know, hey, yeah, you owe me 50 bucks from that dinner we went out to. Do me a favor. Wire it through 15 different shell companies and let it wind up in my grandkids' account. Because everything I'm doing is above the law. I mean, dude. What self-respecting person think that's legitimate? Never mind that Hunter Biden's businesses didn't have an actual formal declaration of what they did. These companies did not have a business purpose. They were established simply so they could shield the existence of this wealth. The effort the Bidens have gone to to cover up this Hunter Biden business and the father's role in it okay, are astounding. And any self-respecting person knows that legitimate businesses don't do this, which is why you continue to call it out on this show.
2: You got some big testicles to pull this off, bro.
3: Now, before Comer comes on, I just want to walk you through some of the explanations. What were we told? What are we repeatedly told to this day? We're told, well, Hunter Biden doesn't work in the government. So what's why you're wasting our time going after Hunter Biden? Come on, man. Stupid. What are we doing here? He's not on the ballot. Joe Biden is. Yes. Great point. Woo. Way to go. Okay. Hunter Biden doesn't work for the government. Which makes you wonder why it was okay for his dad to send him 3,000 government emails under a pseudonym while this money was coming in. Oh,
0: wow. What
3: people think is the defense is actually the conviction. He doesn't work for the government. You're wasting our time. No, no, exactly. He doesn't work for the government. So why is he getting all that government information while people are paying him? Okay, and his dad is the sitting vice president of the United States. You want to know why? Because they're selling influence. And the Bidens were influencing policy on behalf of... Of the countries that were paying them. Don't ever, ever, ever forget. Joe Biden famously bragged in 2018 about getting a prosecutor fired who was looking into their dealings in Burisma. He threatened to withhold a billion dollars in foreign aid. Here it is. I had gotten a commitment from Poroshenko and
4: from uh, Yatsenyuk that they would take action against the state prosecutor, and they didn't. They said, you have no authority. You're not the president. The president said, I said, call him. <laughs> yeah. I said, I'm telling you, you're not getting a billion dollars. I said, you're not getting the billion. I'm going to be leaving here. and I think it was, what, six hours. I looked, I said, I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Well, son of a <laughs> bitch.
3: you got fired. Oh, you don't say. He should be behind bars. Do you get it? We were told that's a Treason. Well, you can't withhold aid from a foreign country based on your own personal agenda. That's Joe Biden flat out admitting to doing so. And the guy he was d- demanding get fired is a guy that was, influ- was excuse me, investigating the businesses that his son was engaged with. Think about that for a second. I'm not saying this is a Republican. I'm not like a Fox News provocateur. My country is America. If Biden is compromised, we're all compromised. If you're a liberal and you're like, oh, this is good, the media covers up for my guys. We always get a free pass. The media is a bunch of losers. Totally, because the media's job is to hold people in power accountable. It's not to make sure they get the right people they like in power. Because if Biden's compromised, we're all compromised. And he's very much governing like we're compromised. What's the one thing everybody says in this country again and again and again? They go, man, I really wish Joe Biden looked out for America as hard as he does the other countries. Send all our money to Ukraine to protect their border. Our border's wide open. We've let in more people than at any other period in our history under Joe Biden. Eight million migrants that we know of, two million known gotaways that we know of, which means it could be more than two million people who got away. And they try to tell us with a straight face, oh, the border's closed. That is offensive, and it is not true. It is. It's offensive to your intelligence. It's an insult. But you dig. The other insult is the one they keep coming back to in defense of the Bidens. They say, oh, no, come on. Hunter Biden's not involved. Why do the Republicans keep going after this Hunter Biden? He was a guy who was addicted to drugs. Exactly. How many people do you know who are addicted to drugs, who have no background in the energy industry? Get a phone call out of the blue by a Ukrainian power company that happens to be negotiating with our government and says, Here's an $800,000 a month contract for you to work on the board of our company. Okay, Hunter Biden didn't get the money because of his background in energy. He got the money because they were trying to negotiate with a government his dad was the sitting vice president of. The Bidens are corrupt, the Bidens are a crime entity. The Bidens have spent so much time projecting this onto Republicans like, oh, the Trump should go to jail. Ask about the money his kids made overseas. Yeah, Ivanka Trump made a gazillion dollars. You want to know why? She has a merchandising line. She sells products to people. Okay, they had a brand. They were known in the business world before they went into politics. The Bidens went into politics, never quite became known in the business world because they don't have a declared business. Yet they were lobbying our government on behalf of other entities. They violated the FARA Act of failing to register as a foreign agent. Hunter Biden could do 42 years in jail. But we were told in the run-up to the election, you can't even discuss this because it's not real. Well, now he's going to jail for it or at least on trial for it. Okay, now Joe Biden is about to be the subject of an impeachment inquiry. And what do they come back to now? They went from, well, it doesn't work for the government. They like to say that. They told us Russian disinformation, but then every single newspaper who said Russian disinformation admitted a month after the election that it was a real legitimate thing. Journalism in this country is dead and buried. It's activists masquerading as journalists. But now the thing they come back to is, oh, we have no evidence. Biden was involved in his son's business dealings. That is a fact check false. Here's Jim Jordan breaking it down. Clip 16. For
4: them to say that there's nothing there is just ridiculous. And it goes right back to the beginning, Sean, when when Joe Biden sits down with the uh, mayor of Moscow, with Hunter Biden, with his business partners and says, no, he never had any involvement. This is the same lady that gave Hunter Biden over a million dollars, $3.5 million. It all starts back in 2014. And she's connected to Burisma. Uh, She's connected to where this all starts. So for them to say that makes no sense. That's why we're going to have an impeachment inquiry vote. It'll help us get additional witnesses in, which will buttress, I think, the already compelling evidence that we have.
3: So think about that for a second. okay? when you talk about them saying, oh, there's no evidence. First of all, we have two of his business partners, two on record, saying, oh, yeah, now Biden was the brand. They were giving Hunter the money to get access to Joe and they were moving the money through the family. Biden was getting a 10 percent cut. His business partners have said that by name. Okay, we have two IRS whistleblowers who are investigating this who say they were denied the right to look further into these issues. Okay, they were denied that right, okay, to further investigate the Biden family. What
4: in the wide, wide world of sports is going on
3: here? Okay, and understand, we're now living in this moment where the only thing they're left they're left they can do is to just sit here, okay, and try to pretend. Through, you know, the types of terms that get people on the left to tune stuff out. People on the left who just want to beat people on the right. And it's sad that's the reality of most of our politics. The two parties want to beat each other more than they want to root for the country. Okay, you root for the party harder than you root for your country. It's a shame, but it's where we find ourselves. That's why I'm trying to do the type of show that I do where people can, you know, disagree but coexist. Okay, understand that when it comes to the Biden family— Okay, they just say things like, debunked Russian misinformation. Uh Trump, white nationalism or something. They just throw terms out there. There's no evidence. They're demonizing addiction. This is about a father's love for his child. None of that is true. There's tons of evidence. There's also evidence that Biden lied his face off because he went from saying, oh, they're laptop Russian disinformation. <coughs> okay, we know that's a lie. Okay, I never talked to my son about his business dealings. <coughs> we now know that's a lie. Never talk to my son's business partners. Mm. We know that's a lie. We're being told he called into 22 separate meetings, but only to discuss the weather.
2: Come on, don't bullshit me.
3: Oh, yeah. You know, we just wanted the guy on the phone who doesn't even know what state he's in on a given day to give us a weather forecast. That's why we had Joe Biden call in 22 times. Okay, the level of lie. He's lied about everything to do with this story. So the only question left to ask whether or not he made money off it, of course he's lying. They don't lie to you about the first four things. Okay, if they're telling the truth about the fifth thing. You are correct. Do you get it? If Biden didn't make money off of this, he doesn't have to lie and say it's Russian disinformation. If Biden didn't make money off this, he doesn't have to lie and say he never talked to his son's business partners. If Biden didn't make money off this, he doesn't have to lie and say he never met his son's business partners. If Biden doesn't have to lie about this, he doesn't have to say he never emailed his son any of the government documents that he's emailed his son. His son got 3,000 emails under a pseudonym. How many times are people emailing under a pseudonym with nothing to hide at a government level? Now, to be clear, okay, government officials do use pseudonyms. Because they don't want to get hacked and make it, you know, make it brazenly obvious that they're the government official and you've successfully hacked them. But when they're sending this documentation to their children who don't have any standing in the government and no reason to have any of this. okay, there has to be a reason for them doing so. And when you see the child bringing in tens of millions of dollars at the same time this information is getting shared with the child, you have everything you need to know about whether or not Biden was involved. Here's Jonathan Turley breaking it down. Clip 22.
0: There's a more serious problem here, and that is what the president knew of was not business dealings. It was corruption. That's what influence peddling is. The United States has pushed international agreements uh, to stop influence peddling in other countries. The United States believes it is a leading source of destructive corruption. And if the president knew that his family was engaging in that type of corruption, of course, it's serious.
3: Think about that. okay? and how would he not know his son? His son flew with him on Air Force Two to China. okay? and you're going to tell me in that whole flight to China, they never discussed what type of business his son was doing in China. There's not a parent listening to this who gives their kid the car without asking where they plan on going. Even if the kid's lying, you make the kid go through the process of lying. Now, nah, yeah, just using the car. We're going to go get milkshakes. <laughs> of course you're not. Okay, but the point is there's not a parent out there, not a parent out there, that wouldn't ask the kid where they were going if they gave them the car. You want to tell me with a straight face that Joe Biden didn't ask the kid where he was going when he gave him Air Force Two? Okay, you're kidding yourself if you believe that.
0: He's a lousy dad, but he's
2: right. You're listening to the most addictive show on the radio. This is crack. Rock cocaine. It isn't glamorous or cool or kid stuff. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
3: Oh, girl. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. We're going to be talking to James Comer in the 1st Congressional District of Kentucky. But Right now, his opening act... In East Texas, standing by in Kilgore, Texas. Greg is in the house. Yo, Greg. Hey, Jimmy, how are you, sir? I'm I'm back alive from East Texas. Don't ask me how.
5: Well, I am one of them East Texas boys. We're one town over from Tyler, Kilgore, Texas. I don't know if he was familiar with it. Oh
3: yeah, come on, man. There's some nice oil. There's I, some nice oil pumps over there too, right? Yeah, I, I just I got a couple of questions. I googled Hunter Biden's net worth. Mm-hmm. It was two hundred and forty million dollars. Whoa! Now I
5: googled it twice just to make sure they didn't make a
0: mistake, and it said the same thing two times.
3: I don't think that's accurate, trying, though. But continue.
5: I, I was just trying to figure out how crackhead could have that much money, but uh, <laughs> oh no! Every crackhead i ever seen didn't have a dime. But uh, maybe, it was, anyway, maybe, wrong, maybe was it, maybe they're smoking the wrong maybe
3: maybe they're smoking the wrong crack. Go ahead. <laughs> Well, uh, how did you enjoy the ribs at our country tavern? Oh, my man. You guys, I, I, you're just that. East Texas is throwing a perfect game. Every time I'm down, there, yeah, I, I brought my brother this time. So it was me, Lincoln, and my brother. We had a wonderful dinner off in the corner at the tavern. A lot of Fox fans. But I was, you know, kind of a recluse. I ate the ribs. I ate a stuffed, it was called a stuffed jalapeno. Oh, it was oh yeah. So good, man. Like pound for pound, there's nothing better out there. I I think. Did did you put your name on the wall of fame? No, I'm still not on the wall of fame, which is incredible because I shouldn't be there for for this show. I should be there for all the food I'm able to consume in one sitting. <laughs> Well, did you see all the presidents yes. and everybody that had been there? Yeah, and I saw my man Larry Hagman, J.R. Ewing. Yeah, you you deserve to be on that wall. Thank you. Uh, let's get the tavern on the phone. I'm going to cancel James Comer. And I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Too funny. But well, yeah.
5: Good speaking with you, and I was just wanting to find out if that was correct about the 240 million.
3: No, he still whatever the dollar amount is though cuz I don't think it's 240, but whatever the dollar amount is. Back to your original point, he shouldn't have that money. I mean, if you're Nothing. only Thank you. If you're but I will give him credit for this. He spent the money well. It was fast cars and fast women. I'm not going to argue. That's right. Thank he you. He did
5: have his priorities straight. No <laughs>
3: doubt. <laughs> Good job, Greg. You're the best. And that is why I love East Texas. We give Hunter Biden a D in accounting but an A for how he went out and spent that money.
4: My hobbies are fast cars and fast women.
2: Reality, with a bit of insanity. It's Fox Across America with With Jimmy Fallon.
3: Oh, yes it is. And we are fired up to talk to this next guest, a fan favorite on this show. Let's be honest, every show... Around the world, uh, we are talking about the gentleman who represents Kentucky's first congressional district. He is the House Oversight and Reform Committee chairman. James Comer in the house. Hey, man. Hey, Jimmy. Uh, You know, bands fired up to hear from you as always, uh, but particularly fired up today. Am I understanding this correctly, that you believe you have the votes to launch an impeachment inquiry?
5: Yes. Yes. uh, We're. Worked very hard on this, Uh, you know, nothing's easy in the House Republican conference, but, you know, what what happened, uh, there were people that were kind of on the fence, but they went home for Thanksgiving break and they went to ball games, and they went to the grocery store and they uh, had family and friends over for for Thanksgiving dinner and everybody they talked to had the same questions that we have. What did the Bidens do to receive millions and millions of dollars from our enemies around the world? And and what was Joe's involvement? Everybody wants to know. And that's why I think the members came back motivated. And, and uh, you know, I think we're going to have a pretty historic vote on this impeachment inquiry tomorrow.
3: Wow, that is wild stuff. And I think the key words you touch on there are these are our enemies around the world, funneling money uh, through companies that don't necessarily have a declared business. But they do have a little bit of a history of rewiring that money through other accounts, do they not?
5: That's all they did. These different LLCs that Hunter Biden had, they served no purpose other than to launder money. Jimmy, I really believed when we launched this investigation – at the beginning of the year and I had had subpoena power and started subpoenaing these bank records, I really believed Hunter Biden had an energy company because that's what the media said. That's what the mm-hmm. narrative was. Hunter Biden uh, had an energy company. We know he worked for an energy company, Burisma, mm-hmm. but uh, by all accounts and everything that we had read in the, in the press. He actually had an energy company, and he had an investment company that uh, people in these other countries were sending money. But once we dug in, we realized he had an investment company with no investments, and he never had an energy company. He had a company that may have uh, had in its uh, title energy, but they didn't have an ounce of energy. They never produced any energy. They never bought or sold any energy. They were what I've been calling a shell company.
3: That is fascinating stuff. We're talking to Representative James Comer, who is, of course, the House Oversight and Reform Committee Chairman. Uh, And what's fascinating to me, okay, as just a you know just a basic American citizen, is we weren't even allowed to discuss this before the election because we were told it was a made-up thing. And now you've got Hunter Biden uh, facing multiple indictments for this made-up thing. Isn't that in itself proof that on some small scale they were almost interfering in our democracy in 2020 by making this? Story hidden from the public?
5: Absolutely. And it wasn't just the Democrats. We had Republicans. We had people in the intelligence community, which is supposed to be bipartisan. Uh, Not only were they saying we can't talk about it, they were putting out false statements saying that uh, the laptop was Russian disinformation. When we now know, Jimmy, Mm -hmm. that they had proof it was legitimate. They knew a year before those 51 intelligence officials. Signed that letter right before the election saying it was Russian disinformation. They knew it wasn't. And all of this we know because of our investigation. You know, you look at the, the last big notorious political scandal. is probably Watergate. Mm-hmm. And you look at the Watergate commission, the Watergate committee hearings and things like that with Walter Baker or not mm-hmm. with Howard Baker and those yep. people. They they would say they would say things. That they learned, but they learned it through press. The media was digging. You had Bernstein and Woodward and all these hungry reporters that were scratching and clawing and trying to dig up information. We don't have that. There's no curiosity from this press corps about anything. In fact, this press corps attacked me. There have been more press in my little hometown in Monroe County, Kentucky, trying to dig up stuff on me than they've ever looked into anything the Bidens did. And and with respect to these indictments, Jimmy, when we had the whistleblowers testify in front of the oversight committee about two months ago, the Democrats on the committee harassed them. They intimidated them. They did everything in the world to try to obstruct what they were saying. Mm. And and they implied that that they were making stuff up. Dan Goldman acted like, well, you really don't know that. And then we see in this indictment, everything the whistleblower said under oath in our committee was true. And the Democrats on the House Oversight Committee and the media should be ashamed of how they've treated these brave whistleblowers.
3: Spot on. We're talking to Representative James Comer, and that's the part that I also think is so fascinating, is the media now, by and large, they're activists masquerading as journalists. And what I try to explain to any liberal that might listen to my show, whether they enjoy it or they just hate listening to the show, is people think that the media is doing the Democratic Party a favor by not doing its due diligence on the Bidens. But what they fail to realize is if the Bidens are compromised, our whole whole country is compromised. So it's not a win for ever, ever anybody, you know, to be avoiding the scrutiny that this family rightfully deserves for all the lies that have been told. So we appreciate you doing it. But the bigger point, I think, is Joe Biden has lied about this story from every angle, whether the laptop was real, whether he met, talked to the kid, whether we talked to the business partners. So in just based on horse sense, not even getting into the particulars of the investigation, how many times have you ever heard of a guy lying about the first three things but he's ultimately telling the truth about the big thing which is whether or not he got money? I can't think of one example.
5: No, he's he's lied 21 times that we know of. And his story just it just doesn't add up. I mean, you look at look at all the all the uh incriminating evidence, all the bank records, all the emails, all the pictures, all the text messages. And then he still had the audacity last week mm-hmm. when the press asked him about it, he said, those are lies. Yeah. I and mean, what is he talking about? Well, it, this isn't uh, Adam Schiff coming out mm-hmm. saying uh, <laughs> the way the world works. This is us providing bank records, emails, text messages. And and you know the evidence is, is clear as day. It's right in front of everyone. So yeah, Joe Biden has a lot of explaining to do. And I want to remind everyone listening to this show, Jimmy, this is an investigation of Joe Biden, not Hunter Biden.
3: Yep. Well, but at
5: the end yeah. of the day, mm-hmm. we, we've got questions for Hunter about Joe Biden.
3: Yes. And that's a great point. I think you for making that because when people try to conflate this, they say, well, you know, Hunter Biden doesn't work for the government, which is the big idea. The point is, OK, he didn't work for the government, but it appears he was paid to potentially influence somebody who did. And it's a very dismissed. You know, I think uh, oversimplistic take that they try to give us. But I think it's testament to how badly they need this to go away. And when you hear Hunter Biden say something like, oh, you know, James Comer and the Republicans are just trying to destroy his father's presidency. I don't think his father needs any help destroying his presidency, given the conditions in the country right now.
5: Right. Yeah, His father. Destroyed his own presidency. We're just trying to get the truth for the American people, and the American people want the truth. And I think they appreciate that there's, you know, the IRS never investigated the Bidens. They were told to stand down. Mm-hmm. The FBI never investigated the Bidens. And when they got that 1023, alleging uh, a $10 million bribe in Ukraine, mm-hmm. they never investigated that. Uh-huh. The Department of Justice, we know, never investigated that. They were told to stand down. The one entity in America that has investigated the Biden's and delivered results with new information is the House Oversight Committee. So we're now in the deposition phase. We expect to have Hunter Biden at 9.30 in the morning uh, in our committee room for a deposition. And uh, then after that, we expect to see the president's brother and other members of the Biden family, as well as the art gallery dealer owner and their lawyers and accountants.
3: I would love this is really wild stuff. Uh, But, you know, on behalf of everybody listening, it's necessary stuff. And they do thank you for the work. I won't keep you up late. Uh, I know you represent the bourbon trail. I will drink your share so you can focus tomorrow.
5: Good deal, good deal. We need to keep that brown water running in Kentucky.
3: (laughs) Great stuff. Uh, We'll talk to you soon, my man. Good luck tomorrow. Representative James Comer, who is, of course, you understand, folks, the man who expects to question Hunter Biden at 930 tomorrow morning. Okay, this is, you know, this is where we are now in this country. Okay, this story started weeks before the 2020 election, with them saying, you can't discuss this. You're not allowed to in a country where speech is free. Okay, we now know the government influenced social media, big tech, the media, to ban you from sharing a story because it was Russian disinformation. We cannot discuss this. Well, here's where we are now. The this that we can't discuss has led to, multiple criminal indictments against the son for the money he was making from this thing that was supposedly made up. Tomorrow, he's been subpoenaed to speak in front of the committee. He may very well try to plead the fifth based on the fact that he's been indicted and he can say, I'm in an ongoing investigation. I don't you know, need to testify to you and I don't doubt that he might. But this is where we now find ourselves and I'm making these points because this is an American moment. It's not a Republican moment. When you hear Hunter Biden say things like, oh, they're just trying to destroy my dad's presidency. His dad is polling behind ISIS. He is historically, I may be exaggerating, but he is historically the least popular president in the history of this country. And that's what the media trying to make his problems go away. Understand, Trump spent the first three years of his presidency— with the entirety of the media pretending he was a Russian agent controlled by Vladimir Putin. People aren't buying it, CNN, you dumb bastards. But some of them did. I mean, people aren't buying it now because we now know through the end result of the Mueller probe that it was entirely started by the Clinton campaign to create a counter-narrative to a private email server. Okay, but understand, Trump made it through his presidency with the entirety of the media running on the lie, pretending he was a Russian agent. Okay, Biden spent the first three years of his administration with the entirety of the media pretending he was sane and coherent.
4: You know the rapidly rising, uh, um, uh, and with uh, with uh, I don't know. uh,
3: But they're not doing that anymore. Okay, here is Reagan trying to explain some type of a Ronald Reagan story that didn't quite work. Clip thirty-one.
4: I had. I wasn't it was in the middle of a snowstorm. Not a joke. I couldn't figure out how they were going for President Reagan it was nice enough to send Air Force a, a, a Helicopter One, take me down, but it couldn't fly. That is a lie.
3: So he First of all, there's no such thing as Air Force Helicopter One. But two, there is no recorded evidence of President Reagan sending him that helicopter to take him. Okay, Biden just gets out there and makes stuff up. The man is insane. He's not responsible for himself. It's a mess. And you understand Hunter Biden doesn't have to go to jail for the American people to turn on his father's presidency. Inflation is up higher than wages. The border's overrun. We're sending all of our money to the other side of the world, okay? When people look out at this presidency, they don't feel like they're a top-five priority. Tack on the fact that he's the only president in history who takes more time to leave a speech than he does to give one because he usually gets lost, and you don't need any help from James Comer and the Oversight Committee. The reason they're looking into this is because we have been brazenly, repeatedly lied to, And now there is an overwhelming paper trail. And understand, this goes back to Barack Obama's presidency. Obama's Treasury Department, Obama's, Obama, not Trump, not James Comer, Obama's Treasury Department filed 157 suspicious activity reports against the Biden family. Tell it like it is. Now, did anyone share that information with us when they were in office? The answer would be no. No, of course not. But 157 times, the Treasury Department said, you know, the vice president's family seems to be up to no good. It's weird how these big chunks of money are coming in from enemies around the world. And there's no declared business. Yet we're just here's two million here, five million there. They're funneling it through dozens of bank accounts that have no name on them. And somehow they're sitting in the president's vice president's grandkids accounts. Weird. 157 times that happened. And nobody told us. Yet, when the Hunter Biden laptop emerged, those same government officials were like, No, nah, this is disinformation. We've never heard anything about weird business practices in the Biden family. Our government did that to us. I say it a lot on this show, a lot on this show, man. The reason all of this political division is so detrimental to Republicans and Democrats alike is because we're getting screwed by our government. And we're too busy fighting each other to push back against them. The Constitution doesn't exist so Republicans can fight Democrats over who controls the government. The Constitution exists so the government doesn't control us. Okay, this government is manipulating sentiment. When it came to the vaccine, we were lied to, forced to get the vaccine, even though it didn't work, fired from your job, even though it didn't work. That's just reality. The government, the government told you Trump was a Russian agent. Okay, controlled by Vladimir Putin, the government, which is a lie, the government told you the Russian laptop was disinformation, even though they knew themselves that it was legit, as Comer had just said. Okay, the government now prosecuting Donald Trump in an unprecedented manner, the likes of which have never been seen in the 247 year history of the country. But what it comes back to again and again and again is this stuff is going on to protect a guy in office that they want to be there. They love everything you think is bad about Biden like, oh, Biden's a mess, doesn't even know where he is. They love that because it gives the bureaucrats behind the scenes more power. It gives unelected officials the opportunity to seize the levers of power in this country and reconfigure our entire existence. And that's why they've gone to the lengths they have to cover up for Hunter Biden. That's why they've gone to the lengths they have to prosecute Donald Trump. And that's why you are supposed to be paying close attention to what James Comer is doing. OK, it's not going to help Trump win an election. It's not going to help Republicans win an election. Why? Because everything Joe Biden has done is an infomercial for why you should never vote Democrat again. OK, and when that infomercial gets done and we get away from his policies in terms of the border, in terms of spending, in terms of inflation and domestic energy production. OK, there's just the guy himself that no one in their right mind would ever vote for. OK, how can you ask a guy to run who can't even walk?
4: I am, uh, I am very willing to let the American public judge my physical, mental, fi- my physical as well as my mental fi- fitness.
2: Tackling issues of the day in an easy way. He's all man. He's a big, strong looking guy. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
3: Bottom of the ninth on Fox Across America. You want to talk about some breaking news you will not hear anywhere else but here. If you are a fan of this show, okay, here are the beginning dates of the Everybody Calm Down Tour. Heading back out on tour beginning March the 1st, 2024. you want to meet your radio buddy, we're kicking things off with our rescheduled show in Idaho Falls. March the 1st. It is a Friday night. I will be in Idaho Falls. KID listeners, get your damn tickets. Okay, Saturday night, March the 2nd, the Crest Theater. Back in Sacramento. We sold it out last year. We're back for a rematch. Saturday, March the 2nd. Saturday, March the 9th, the Ponte Vedra Theater. Uh, down in Ponte Vedra, Florida. Very fancy. Saturday, March the 9th. Go get them, girlfriend. And then dig this, okay? back on the road at the end of the month Helena Civic Center a makeup game the postponed show Friday night March 29th we are at the Helena Civic Center Saturday night March the 30th we're in Spokane Washington and then of course we added a gig March 18th at the world famous Schubert Theater in Boston those are the first shows on sale they all go on sale this Friday pre-orders start today Get out there. Live your best life. I'll see you on the Ingram Angle tonight, 7.50 Eastern time. The show's over. Pay up. Get out.